Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. And we are live. Good morning, everyone. It's the one, the only V, the notorious, glorious Simeon Ape himself. And I'm with my main man, El Cuco, a.k.a. CJ, a.k.a. the master of the Flux Capacitor. And we bring you the news, the views, and all the information important to you. Check us out at roguemoney.net. Follow us on Twitter at the Rogue Money and Rogue Money Facebook, DTube. Steam it, every single podcasting app known to humanity. We are everywhere you want us to be in a bag of chips. Also, check out our sponsors, RemainCom.net. RemainCom.net. If you got a problem, you got collectors, call RemainCom. Let these guys help you. Also, guys, check out thecryptoschool.io. Thecryptoschool.io. Learn how to trade cryptocurrencies. Learn about cryptocurrencies all in the one-stop shop, thecryptoschool.io. And also, guys, do you want some delicious wake-up juice? Do you need some wake-up juice in the morning? Your regular cup of coffee ain't cutting it for you? Maybe you're getting too much jitters. Maybe you want to have your cup of coffee and have something sweet alongside with it. You need to go to mycbdedibles.com, mycbdedibles.com. See, you're drinking that coffee right now, aren't you? Yeah, it is. It's absolutely uh, delicious. We went with a little bit uh, darker roast this time with Ooh. it, and it gives it a, just a much more You smooth. need to send me some, man. i got to order some dark roast from you. Yeah, I will. And for our listeners, uh, check it out. Uh, beginning uh, tomorrow morning, we'll be launching a uh, 4th of July uh, promotion, so we'll be having... Uh, buy one get one free on uh, select items. So make sure to check it out. Wow! Tomorrow. Buy one get one free. That's going to be awesome. Wow! Yeah, yeah. It's 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 Fourth of July. It's America's Independence Day. So yeah, we want we want to celebrate and get encourage people to try some of our products. And uh, reviews have been tremendous. We've been participating in this uh, hemp economic disruption tour here in the Midwest, and it was just great to get so much feedback uh, regarding our product. So um, you know just very little bit as far as like, hey, you know, may want to consider decaf coffee for those with, you know, high blood pressure and all that kind of stuff. But hopefully with some CBD, they could correct that. But yeah, so check it out, mycbdedibles.com. Absolutely. Mycbdedibles.com, folks. Go there, do it. Support the cause, mycbdedibles.com. My man, with that being said, see, there's so many things going on. You know, I had a list of topics, man. Let me... Yeah, we did. That's my... That's that old That's Rush list? Limbaugh thing. See, I, I, I was a kid <laughs> listening to them. I grew up on talk radio. People don't don't realize that. Most kids were watching TV. My entertainment was Bob Grant. You know, Bob Grant on WWOR uh, back in the talk radio days. That's how I grew up. I listened to Bob Grant, and then when he was gone, it was uh, Rush, Rush Limbaugh. You know, that's how I got my start. So I would listen to Rush every morning Do one of these things with the paper. So, see, you got a list of topics in, right, that, that yeah. I set up uh, for both of us. And you and I always combine topics, what we're going to talk about tomorrow, and we just kind of put it together, you know. But this morning, folks, this morning, the gorilla is a, you know, recent subscriber 
to the Wall Street Journal, not because I think it's the greatest newspaper in the world or anything like that, but sometimes there's intel there. And uh, there's intel there that allows you to skim the headlines and kind of read in between the lines. So if you have the right perspective, if you have the right perspective, then you can get a good gander on what the hell's truly happening. So when I went out this morning with my cup of joe and I picked up the paper that was sitting on my porch, I opened it up, took it out of its plastic, and I unfolded it. And lo and behold, right on the front page. See, you and I last week we were talking about how Deutsche Bank failed. And uh, Jim, Jim Willie, Dr. Jim Willie was also talking about it as well. How Deutsche Bank failed the stress test. Right. right. And what the significance yeah. of that is. And you know, we've always wondered, how come Morgan Stanley, uh, I'm sorry, how come J.P. Morgan and, and Goldman Sachs and some of these big American banks haven't failed any sort of stress test? Hmm? I was always wondering about that, Tito. I was always wondering about that. And then lo and behold... Right here, front page, Wall Street Journal. Right, this article is by Liz Hoffman and Lolita Clausel. Morgan Goldman got help from Fed on tests. Mm-mm-mm. Morgan and Goldman got help from Fed on tests. See, let me ask you something, man. In the history of the Federal Reserve, have they ever helped a bank with a stress test? You know, I don't know what happens in the background, but, you know, according to the article, they state that back in 2012 that I mean, I I think it's all I think it's all propped up. I mean, all of it. I mean, but yeah, in the history of the Fed, they've never helped a bank with a stress test. They've never done that. It's not something they do. That's like, you know what that's like? That's like you're taking it. It's it's your high school examination, your finals. And the teacher comes along. And says, hey, man, here's the deal. You slip me a dime bag of weed. And I'm going to give you the answers for the test. I'm going to let you pass. It's like the high school teacher going to the drug dealer at the school and saying, hey, listen, here's the deal. You've been, you've been, you know, you've been a shyster the entire semester. You've been a bully. You've been a con man. You've been a criminal. You've been a delinquent. You've been... You've been an absolute derelict your entire time in the school. This final examination that allows you to graduate, I'll tell you what, here's the deal. I know you're a drug dealer. You're going to sell me some of that good drugs. You're going to sell me some of that good drug. You're going you're to sell me some, some Coke, maybe some meth. And I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you pass the test. So the drug dealer is going to be like, ooh, deal. Who's not going to take that deal? If the teacher's helping you cheat on the test, who's who's not going to take that deal, right? So I'm I'm looking at this, and you know, there's uh, something about some you know boys in Thailand found in a cave nine days later. Yeah, I can care less. Okay, God bless them; they got found. I'm glad they're happy. But of all the things, is this little article off to the side on today's Wall Street Journal, Tuesday, July the third, two thousand and eighteen? It says this: the Federal Reserve officials told Goldman Sachs Group Incorporated and Morgan Stanley, I'm sorry, not J.P. Morgan, but Morgan Stanley, geez, that they were about to flunk a portion of their annual stress tests, but offer them a deal to avoid an outright fail and continue paying billions to shareholders. In phone calls to executives of Wall Street, 
Titans on the uh, the in phone calls to the executives of the Wall Street Titans on June the twenty first. Regulators told them, "How do you like that, CJ? How do you like this?" Regulators told them that to fully pass the test, they would have to cut almost in half the combined sixteen billion that they had hoped to pay out to shareholders. According to people familiar with the conversations between the Fed and both banks, but the Fed officials gave the banks an unprecedented option. CJ, I like unprecedented options, don't you? Unprecedented. Yes, If they agreed, yeah, man. If they agreed to freeze their payouts at recent levels, they would get a, quote, conditional non-objection grade and avoid the black eye of failure. That meant the banks could pay out a combined of $13 billion, or about $5 billion more than what they would have given back to investors if they had decided to t- retake the test and get a passing grade. It would also boost a profitability measure that helps determine how much Goldman Chief Executive Lloyd Blankfein and Morgan Stanley CEO James James Gorman are paid. The arrangement is the first of its kind in the Fed's annual tests. And one of the clearest signs to date of a significant shift in... Let me switch to play page A2. A significant switch in the regulatory environment for banks, which have been expecting a gentler approach from Washington ever since the election of President Donald Trump. New refs, new rules. The consulting firm PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP wrote in a note. This round of tests was the first granted by the Trump appointment Randall Quarles, a former Wall Street lawyer and private equity executive who later became the Fed's regulatory czar. This year's stress test followed the same notifications process as in the past years. All the firms were notified of the results and given the fixed option to reduce their capital payouts with no negotiations, a Fed spokesperson said. Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley had failed. had failed the quantitative portion of the exercise, which tests whether banks' capital levels stay above regulatory requirements. A qualitative portion looks at a more subjective questions, including the quality of the bank's internal data or the board of directors. The Fed's willingness to compromise contrasts with its hard line of recent years. In 2014, for example, the regulator blindsided Citigroup Incorporated with a failing grade, leaving executives were scrambling to address the Fed's concerns. And the same year, Utah-based Zions Bank Corp also failed on quantitative backgrounds. Like Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, the firm. Think about this for a second, okay? There's a, the, the the article goes on and on, and there's a lot of juice here in this article. There's a lot of juice here in this article if you know how to properly squeeze it out. There's a lot of juice here. Let me explain something to you guys, okay? They're on the brink, and I'll tell you why they were all of a sudden given a free pass by the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve that failed Deutsche Bank, okay? 
Now, let's gonna we're gonna run through a couple of scenarios. Break it down, B. Break it down. Couple of scenarios, okay? Scenario A. Scenario A. Let's deal with this first. The Fed gave them a passing grade. They knew they were about to fail, and they're about to fail the quantitative part or the quantitative portion of that stress test. Now, what is the quantitative portion? Now, some of you might think to yourselves who've who've been very acute to these things throughout the last several years, you would know that quantitative has something to do with money. It has something to do with, you know, quantitative easing. There's a lot of, uh, you know, similar lingo there. But it has to do with money. It has to do with liquidity. I want you to think about this for a second. Goldman Sachs does the dirty work of the feds. Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan, and to a lesser degree, Morgan Stanley, they do the dirty work of the Fed. A lot of the things that are happening with uh, mortgage-backed securities, a lot of the shenanigans with the bonds, a lot of the things that are going on in the derivatives and the re- and the repurchasing order market, the repo markets, right? A lot of it, a lot of the back end chicanery is done with with Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan. Okay. Now let me ask you this: If the henchmen, if the henchmen, which are these two prominent Wall Street firms, these two titans on Wall Street, if they received a a a, a failing grade from the Fed, CJ, what would that do to the market? Hmm. It would it would collapse it, V. It would, it would definitely impact it. Not collapse it, but definitely impact it. They would, yeah, 10, 12% down at least. Huge, right? So, see, let me ask you this. If the two, if these two titans on Wall Street, these two are the biggest I-banks on Wall Street, okay, if they get a failing grade on the quantitative portion, meaning they don't have the liquidity to make ends meet, they don't have the money to really pay out anybody, do they? No. So if they fail that portion, Siege, do you think that it will impact the narrative of, quote-unquote, the economy's improving? Bingo. Boom. Do you think that somehow this will cause a chain reaction, that there will be a massive sell-off in Wall Street, that there will be a uh, an exit to the doors, that they will, there will be some dumping of Goldman Sachs stock similar to what we're seeing with Tesla? I'd say so. I'd say so. And folks, the now what should sh- make you shudder? What should make you shudder is this. If Goldman Sachs and, and Morgan Stanley are failures in the quantitative portion of the of the stress test and Deutsche Bank outright failed. Guess who's connected with Deutsche Bank? Pray tell. See, you want to take a guess on that? The why, Matt? You know, Goldman, Morgan, potentially uh, J.P. Morgan. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge. This is from January two thousand eighteen. 
this is again something that the, the CJ and I were not prepared for, but this is the way things are going. As the spiritual lead. Goldman Sachs Delta takeover Deutsche Bank could soon be complete. Banker neck a reorganized thing. Deutsche Bank isn't the first bank to draft in Goldman Sachs veterans to turn it around, and it won't be the last. Bank of America did a good job of channeling an ex-Goldman staff in, in, in its hour of need and still has many positions of power. But bank, but while Bank of America hired in plenty of ex-Goldman staff to market its business under Montag, it's never actually been run by someone from Goldman Sachs. So suggests the German newspaper Handelsblatt following Friday's admission that Deutsche is expected to make a small loss for 2017 and that sales and trading revenues at the German bank fell 22% in the fourth quarter of 2017 compared to the year earlier. Handelsblatt says the pressure on Deutsche's CEO, the former CEO, John Krein, is increasing. And this is right, you know, articles written right before Krein left. It doesn't help that Cerebrus Capital. Oh, there's that name again. CJ, who is uh, one of the heads of Cerebrus Capital, the three-headed hound of hell? Do you remember this guy? He was an asshole. He's uh, from Massachusetts. Mm, no. V, go ahead. He tried to run for Secretary of State, and then Donald Trump says... Uh, um, oh, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Ah, the vulture capitalist from Cerebrus. Okay. Cerebrus. The distressed private equity fund with a 3% stake in Deutsche is set to be pressing for results. Now watch this, of course, right? Watch this. Deutsche Bank shares fell, right? It, it, it's in serious, serious problems, right? And what they're looking for for the last several years, oh, at least since last year, CJ, what they have been looking for is really Goldman Sachs to take it over. <laughs> Deutsche Bank AG's management upheaval may be the final blow to the embattled lenders ambitious to go head-to-head with Goldman Sachs Group and international investment. They are, look, last year, last year, I spoke about Deutsche Bank, and I said, you know what, and I wrote about this in Rogue Money when I used to write articles, but now I'm so lazy, I'd rather talk about the things that I want to write about. But last year I said this. I said, and I forgot the exact names. In fact, uh, uh, you know, Jim Willie actually quoted me on one of his reports speaking about Goldman Sachs. This was sometime last year. Is when I received word that, see, there's about five people, CJ, whose exact names I can't remember right now today, but I will go back into my notes and try to find it at a, at a later portion. But there's five individuals, okay? Three from Goldman, two from Nomura. Numura Capital. These, I call them the five vultures of death, okay? Or I call them the five horsemen or of, of apocalypse. This team of five, they descended months and months and months, about a year or so before Bear Stearns went belly up. And they were instrumental in carving up Bear Stearns and selling her piecemeal to J.P. Morgan to Goldman Sachs, to Nomura, to anybody that wanted it. They were very instrumental. I reported that this team of five 
which is the death team, which these are the wraiths of Wall Street. These are the five people that you would contact in order to scalp up, in order to carve up your bank because it's gone terminal. It's gone terminal. These five people last year showed up at Deutsche Bank. And voila. This year's stress test, Deutsche Bank failed. Goldman Sachs should have failed as well. But Goldman was given a reprieve. Why? Because Goldman, under the Basel III regulations, is deemed a quote-unquote strategically significant institution. A strategically significant institution. In other words, Goldman is so vital to the modus operandi of the banksters to have it removed, to have it damaged, to have it any way, shape, or form damaged, tarnished, or any sort of lack of confidence. Because let me tell you something, folks. Fractional reserve banking is nothing but a confidence game. It is a con. It is a confidence game played by confidence men. Con men. If Goldman loses confidence, or if people lose confidence in Goldman, that is a problem. So the bankers are doing what they can to keep their strategic vital interests afloat. Now, watch this now. Deutsche Bank is about to die. I've been saying it for years. I've been saying it since 2012. It's gone terminal since then. They've kept Deutsche Bank alive through electronic duct tape. They kept it alive through electronic band-aids. They kept it alive through various electronic and digital prosthetics that kept this thing walking along like a zombie. But the electronic systems are to the point that it's gone mission critical. They cannot sustain Deutsche Bank anymore. They cannot sustain it. Goldman is positioned. I want you to think about this. If Goldman received a failing grade on the quantitative portion of the stress test... And they failed. Not only would there be market problems, not only would there be a market drop, not only would there be a sell-off in Goldman Sachs stock, but check this out, CJ. And I need you folks to listen to carefully. If Goldman failed, it would have caused a serious question on its positioning in the buyout, in the bankruptcy and fire sale of Deutsche Bank and its assets. Goldman wouldn't be able to absorb it. And if Goldman is not able to absorb it, the Fed is not able to absorb it. Do you see what I'm saying? Goldman was being groomed so that when Deutsche collapses, Goldman will be the American firm representative either working under proxy, under an assumed corporate name that just magically appears. They've done that before with various other operations, believe you me, and they just pop up in Germany as, uh, I don't know, uh, Stutt- uh, uh, 
Zuffenhausen uh, AG. Who knows? Whatever crazy name you could, you know, Wiener Schnitzel's uh, Wiener Schnitzel SA or Wiener Schnitzel GmbH, whatever the hell you want to call it. And all of a sudden, Wiener Schnitzel GM, GmbH buys out the significant portions of Deutsche Bank. And everybody's wondering, who is Wiener Schnitzel GmbH? Who is that? Oh, they belong to the holding companies. Oh, uh, 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 Spatzel and uh, and Kraut, Spatzel and Kraut SA. Who owns Spratzel and Kraut SA? Uh, 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 oh, it's Goldman Sachs. Goldman was being positioned to absorb Deutsche, and then whatever assets it had, it was to siphon it to its Federal Reserve Board member banks. Vulture capitalism, folks, at work. Vulture capitalism. That's scenario A. Scenario B, and this is the wild one, this is uh, for all you QAnon believers out there, is that this is some grandiose strategy plan in order that uh, we are breaking away from the banker networks and uh, uh, it's a way to kick the cabal in the nuts and let uh, the Deutsche Bank fail and let the European Union be going to uh, ruin and uh, and whatnot. That's scenario B. But the point of the matter is, no matter if it's scenario A or scenario B, the EU is done. The EU is done. You see, folks, the real thing is this. If, if Goldman Sachs would have failed, if Morgan Stanley would have failed, you and I would have been singing a different tune this morning on Wall Street. It would have been a different attitude. The whole headlines would not even matter. We wouldn't be talking about Umberto and Guillermo on the border who's been sleeping in a in, in a detention center. We would not be talking about some kids from the border. We would not be talking about that. We would not be talking about civil war and any other distractive topics. What we would have been talking about, holy crap, this has just has been a massive sell-off in Wall Street. Oh, my God, Goldman Sachs stock is down 5%. That's what we would have been talking about. That is a different tune. That is a different tune. And that's what I have to say about this. This is a very significant piece of information. Nobody's talking about it. And this is off on a little piece right here on the the paper, one of the papers of, of you know what? I mean, if Wall Street Journal is not perfect. It really isn't. But it is far better than the New York Slimes. Far better than the Washington Post. At least there is some conservatives that do write for uh, the Wall Street Journal. But you can get some inside ideas if you know how to read between the lines and squeeze it for the information. Unbelievable, folks. Unbelievable. Yeah, it truly is. It truly is. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. You know, apart from this article, I haven't seen anywhere. Well, we, I think, in part, you know, why? Because I think in part it requires a, a little, a lot more intellect, other than just the sensationalizing over over the border and kids and things like that. I mean, if 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 the left could count on any bit of intelligence of their uh, their demographics, whatever, they'd be able to talk about these things, but they wouldn't understand it. Yep. <laughs> 
they wouldn't understand it because you know that they would be playing this whole card about, oh, look, since Trump's taken over, he's he's in bed with the banks. He's, you know, giving favorable rules and all this stuff. That's what you'd be hearing, you know, nonstop. But who's touching it? No one. Exactly. Exactly, my man. Shifting gears, Siege. Shifting gears. Uh, this is what a war criminal looks like, my man. What's uh, do we have? Tickle me, tickle my butt is doing the work of uh, where John McCain, his boyfriend, where his boyfriend has left off. This is what tickle my butt is uh, picking up the uh, slack over here. Is that what's that what's oh going God, on? This is just whenever I saw this, it just was infuriating. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that I'm witnessing this and. And why he's not being called out? Let me let me bring it up real quick. I shut down the browsing. Yeah, so uh, Senator Graham decided to pick up the slack for uh, John McCain, and Senator Graham has made an unexpected trip to Syria, and he's uh. attacking Trump's plan to pull troops out. Uh, Man, a surprise visit to Syria on Monday, stopping off at the city of Manbij, which is held by the U.S. and Turkish forces. Graham delivered a speech clearly designed to attack the idea of a U.S. pullout from Syria. Uh, there is no official plan for the U.S. withdrawal. Uh, however, the Pentagon officials have been presenting the U.S. military uh, presence in Syria as open-ended, and that's not to say that Graham comments had no uh, reason for that. So uh, I, I have to ask specifically uh, why Graham is taking it upon himself uh, I'm sure that he will remember this picture uh, soon, much like the one with John McCain with oh, yeah. uh, now known, uh, you know, basically terrorist in Syria. Uh, but yeah, this is this is what people who crimes against humanity, people that commit treason against it. And, and he needs to be called out for it. This is just this is just insane. V. I mean, look at this a-hole, this, this re- human rectal orifice, the man known as Lindsay Tickle My Butt Graham. Oh, it just tickles me, CJ. It just it just tickles me when I think about dropping bombs on hapless uh, civilians. It just tickles me to the, it tickles me so much. <laughs> tickle my butt, Graham. Here's tickle my butt. Tickle my butt says the U.S. needs to stay here to help, and that it would be quote unquote terrible if the U.S. didn't have any troops in Syria in the future. You see, in this, why are we in Syria to help? We are right now, people don't realize this, because of the new advancements in shale technology, because of the new advancements in, um, in, in, in natural gas exploration and extraction, the United States is becoming the energy powerhouse of the world. We can literally save the petrodollar based on not Saudi pipelines, but based upon our natural gas wells. We don't need to have a place in the Middle East anymore. They could have it. But these old hawk neocons, these idiots that just won't go away, Lindsey Graham, who is like herpes. Lindsey Graham is the genital herpes on the body politic. Lindsey Graham and the neocons and the neolibs and the Zionists, all these guys are genital herpes on the body politic. There is no reason for the United States to be in Syria. There's no reason to have us have a true presence there in a very dangerous part of the world. But for Tickle My Butt Graham, who has no skin in the game, 
He's happy to go there. He's happy to like who is he? You are a senator of a of a podunk state in South Carolina. You are a senator of South Carolina. What the hell are you doing? Nobody called you to be an ambassador. Nobody called you to international diplomacy. Sir, you are in violation of the Logan Act. Why don't somebody hammer these idiots? What gives you? You are a senator from South Carolina, not even a, 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 a one of the more populous states, not even one of the states with the most booming economy. You're a nobody on the grand scheme of things, Senator Graham. Who or what gives you the right to travel to these war zones and to speak on behalf of the American public? Do you see the mayor of Paris, CJ? Going to Syria, speaking to French troops. No. Do you see the the uh, 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 the 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 MP, the Minister of Parliament for the UK, for, for the for, for one of the, uh, the the British parties, uh, and going into uh, 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 I don't know Mozambique or Afghanistan and giving a lecture to uh, UK backed rebels over there? No. No other country in the world. Do you see the the judicator for the Fukushima prefecture in Japan out there talking to some or, or cutting deals with foreign act? No. Do you see this? This crap never happened before. I never read about this in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, or the early aughts. Of senators and congressmen traveling to other countries speaking on behalf of what appears to be America? Like, whose interest are you serving? I've never seen such stupidity like this. I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, what what area of national defense does Syria entail with, with the United States? What uh, What is the over, uh, the implication? What is the threat uh, you know, obviously, Graham sits on you know numerous committees. He sits up with uh, John McCain on the Armed Services Committee. But what portion, what part of that is the uh, the threat to the United States that Syria has? What I, I don't I don't understand why he's making this trip. What what does this trip trip represent other than uh, just there to try to build a coalition to keep these quote unquote moderate rebels? <laughs> going in this area it, it's it's almost it's counterproductive i i don't i don't understand it he's not an ambassador um you know it just again there's no reason for him to be there other than just trying to stir things up you know keep this thing going keep them optimistic in their efforts to please stay here please do this part you know we're going to try to support you we're going to find you uh just absolutely ridiculous v it is insane why is the senator from South Carolina meeting with Syrian rebels? Does South Carolina is South Carolina a country? Does South Carolina have some sort of strategic alliance with said rebel group? Does it? Like I've never seen this before. I've never seen Dude, this is not the Secretary of State. This is not the ambassador to Syria. This is not uh this is not anybody. This is not the national security advisor. This is not the, the 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 secretary of defense. Like, who is this 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 rectal orifice? Like, who is this turd? This guy's a nut job.
And he's doing the same thing that his boyfriend, John McCain, has done. Doing the same thing. Meanwhile, CJ, let's close off with this one. Meanwhile, in the land of adults, and you all, if you've been following me, you all know what I mean by that, the land of adults. CJ, what's going on in the land of adults? Yeah, so Shanghai kicks off the One Belt, uh, One Road Expo. And we just, just, what's that? What is the, the, the One Belt, One Road Expo? The One Belt, One Road Expo. Absolutely. That must be some small thing, right? Maybe like maybe maybe three or four little mom and pop shops and maybe uh, one or two African countries that nobody's heard of. Is is, is that who showed up, Siege? Uh, yeah, just a tune of over 40 countries and 200 companies, just nothing major. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You got to be kidding me. Yeah, just truly amazing. You know, just to you know, break it down, there's another site. I'll click on and bring it on. But when you take a look at the uh, amount of growth, the planned, uh, the transparency, the involvement of the Silk Road, and the economic development that's proposed, uh, just the significance around it in terms of uh, the shifts that, that's occurring, V, and when you look through those representative countries, you look through those representative companies that are there, you see actually no representation at all from the United States. I can dig in deeper, but I don't even think we sent one representative there uh, to be involved uh, with, no, with this economic. No, we can't. See, how can we send a representative? We have to make sure. We were busy making sure that Goldman Sachs passes its stress test. Remember, man. <laughs> Trust the plan. Trust the plan. Trust a plan, but obviously, you know, this is this is the future of that the the Silk Road, the cor- the corridor that could really help uh, the United States, and and whether Trump and Putin meeting allows an opportunity to discuss some of those things. Uh, but it's just just truly amazing some of the innovation, uh, some of the growth uh, that's going to occur, and that's something that, like for me, be in terms of understanding what you know Iran is about. Uh, the Syria thing and looking at the corridor of the New Silk Road, uh, it just leads me to believe that Iran is nothing but an attempt to disrupt uh, this economic growth plan. Iran, Syria, Libya, all of it is to, is basically trying to throw speed bumps and roadblocks on the, on the New Silk Road. I mean, look, look how heinous, these guys, these leaders of Silk Road, look, you want to hear some of the evil things that they're saying on the on the on the One Belt One Road initiative? Let's hear it, dude. I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six. There's like seven points here. I'll make it quick. Evil objective number one. Are you ready for this? Evil objective number one, folks. We stand for enhancing international cooperation, including the Belt and Road Initiative and various development strategies, by building closer collaboration partnerships which include advancing north-south and south-south, the triangular cooperation. We reiterate the importance of expanding economic growth and trade and investment beyond a level playing field on market rules and on universally recognized international norms. We welcome the promotion of industrial cooperation, scientific and technological innovation, and regional economic cooperation and integration so as to increase inter alia the integration and participation of micro, small, and medium enterprises in global value chains. Attention should be paid to tax and fiscal policies 
tax policies that prioritize growth and productive investment. <gasps> Evil. They want to make it a very tax-friendly thing, CJ. How can we stand for this? <laughs> oh, my God. Evil policy number three. Ready for this, man? Therefore, the st strengthening of physical, institutional, and people-to-people -people connectivity among all countries. The least developed countries, landlocked developing countries, small island developing states, and middle-income countries deserve special attention to remove bottlenecks of a development and achieve effective connectivity. Incredibly evil. Listen to this heinous plan, this, this evil plan, CJ. They endeavor to expand people-to-people -people exchanges, promote peace, justice, social cohesion, inclusiveness, democracy, good governance, the rule of law, human rights, gender equality, women improvement, work together to fight against corruption and bribery in all their forms. China does that. They throw their billionaires in prison. That's what they do. They don't give them they don't give them golden parachutes and say, hey, thank you for running this company to the ground. Have a nice life. No, they throw you in jail for fiscal corruption charges. They don't play around over there. We need to learn from that. To be more responsive to all the needs of those vulnerable situations as children, persons with disabilities, older persons, and help improve the global economic governance and ensure equal access by all to the development opportunities and benefits. We are determined to protect the planet from degradation, including taking urgent action, uh, encouraging all parties that have ratified and uh, managing resources in a sustainable manner. We encourage the involvement of governments, international, regional organizations, the private sector, civil society and citizens in fostering and promoting friendship, mutual understanding and trust. We uphold the spirit of peace, cooperation, openness, transparency, inclu inclusiveness, equality, mutual learning, mutual benefit, mutual respect by strengthening cooperation on the basis of extensive consultation and the rule of law. Join efforts, shared benefits, and equal opportunities for all. In this context, we highlight these principles as our guiding cooperation. Wow. That is about the most heinous evil thing I've ever read, CJ. But that is a far cry from, <laughs> we came, we saw, <laughs> he died. <laughs> American foreign policy in a nutshell. The New Silk Road. The New Silk Road is China's foreign policy on display. And if you look at China, that they're a bunch of crazy communist central control control freaks, you miss the entire boat. You cannot look at China with Western eyes. You can You could only look at China from China's eyes, from the eyes of the people. They are winning the world without firing a single bullet. In the last 50 years, we've spent close to 30 trillion, count this folks, 30 trillion dollars on foreign expansion, on wars, on bridges to nowhere. 30 trillion dollars. You know what that is, folks? That is five generations worth of wealth. And then today we bitch and complain about our, stand, our, our station on this planet. If we don't get back to who we are, if we don't get back to the very core fundamentals of what made this country great, we could never be great again. 
the battle lines of the 2016 elections of that was just the drawing of the battle lines. Now the wars have to be fought in order. And I'm not talking about violent revolution or anything like that. I'm just talking about the ideological war that we should not be falling asleep here. We should push all the way. Let's get this country back because I'm telling you right now, I believe this. we are the most creative, most enterprising sons of bitches on the face of this planet. We are, we were the captains industry. We were some of the best businessmen and best salesmen on the, on the, on, on earth. It is time we get back to that. It's time we expand our industries. It's time we expand who we are as a people. We can't be sitting on the sideline watching China have all the fun and making all the money. And that's what I got to say, Siege. Well said, V. Well said. And with that being said, I'm over and out.